Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. All right, it's a juicy episode. That's right, friends, juicy episode. The Nets fall to the Milwaukee Bucks, 114-117, but there's plenty to take away from this game. How did Milwaukee try to defend Kevin Durant? Unsuccessfully, 42-point performance, but Kyrie Irving had an off night. What maybe is this indicative of? And if we look inside the recent game history, we're seeing a bit of a trend for his performances. Should that be a concern? There's also the absence, obviously, still of James Harden. We briefly update some of the injuries. But more importantly, we talk about a guy on this roster that maybe misses him most of all. And then, off of this game against Milwaukee, who else that was available tonight but did not see the court might prove crucial in a playoff potential matchup with those pesky bucks. All that's coming up here, but before we do, friends, it's the theme music. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Nets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team. It's every day. I am not Doug Norrie, but if you wanted to find him, DFSR is where you would search him out for all of your daily fantasy sports rankings, whether it's the current MLB season, NHL surging towards the playoffs, and then obviously NFL just around the corner, really every major sport, NBA. Should, should I leave that one out? I would be remiss. And then, of course, if you're looking for yours truly, I'm the host of the One Giant Podcast, covering the New York football giants and also the voice of the Brooklyn Nets on Sportscaster. Come in today solo, so there will be no Doug here to bounce off any of my wacky ideas, should I have any. But really, this is on the verge of, I'm recording on, obviously, a Sunday evening after the afternoon game between the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks. And this is the what is now the back-to-back in today's NBA, in this year's NBA, where we'll be playing two games in Milwaukee with a day off in between. But this first one, and obviously by the time you hear this on Monday morning, the 76ers will just be getting into their game when I'm recording this. So we'll be curious to see. Nets lose by just three points, came down to the wire, opportunity to take it over to overtime. And we'll get into some of those areas that I thought, you know, what we can learn from this game, if anything. And Maybe whether or not uh, if Kevin Durant just really didn't have the steam down the stretch here on what was a 42-point performance. So did a lot of the heavy lifting and then just couldn't get it across the line there at the end. We'll get into some of those game sequences. But now they'll have the day off and then come right back in and play Milwaukee again. And there are some ramifications here, obviously, for that playoff picture. We'll touch on that as well. And then really get into what I think could be an area of concern potentially or, or maybe dissuading it just in terms of getting everyone healthy but also on that right energy timeline. Before we do, though, I wanted to update just a couple of injuries around this. There, there were some comments from Steve Nash over the last couple of days regarding uh, Mike James and just saying what, what the state of his status with the team and if he'd be carrying over. And he's somewhat non noncommittal. And the first piece that I thought about, there's no update still around Spencer Dinwiddie, but I wonder if that would impact any decisions that they make with, with who they're going to carry into the postseason. The other thing, though, is a tip of the hat 
to a couple of guys, one of which has been on our podcast a couple of times, and we're a fan of him, and that's, of course, Billy Reinhart with uh, NetsDaily.com, because he's the one that gets the credit when we talk about the update around James Harden's injury. Going to need another week and see what his status is going to be like, so we'll, we'll look to Billy for more information there. And then Chris Chioza, this goes back to the month. This is just a shout-out for the fun of it. We missed our scheduled on point with Matt Brooks session this past week. We'll be sure to get him back on here, especially as the season winds down. He gets the credit for the update on Chris Chios and getting that hand uh, injury. So these are just, you know, friends of the show really doing the, the heavy lifting around the Brooklyn Nets. And if you're not reading their content or going for them, especially around these injury updates around the roster, got to be doing it. So shout out to those guys. Cause, cause we like them. They're good people. The other piece, though, obviously, is that the team is arguably as uh, you had Nicholas Claxton available, quote unquote, tonight for this game, did not get in on the action, but he was also back and available, as Steve Nash said in the pregame, probably going to need a little bit of time here to ramp himself back up and get himself into playing shape. So don't know if you would expect to see him, you know, even in this second matchup against the Milwaukee Bucks, and then that's something that I'm a little curious about get into probably in the third segment here. But the game overall, it starts out with the Nets at one point leading by 14 in the first quarter, but they find themselves trailing by the time they get to the to the half. And that's really predicated on the fact that when you, you start the second quarter there, you have Kevin Durant on the bench, you also have Kyrie on the bench. And at that point, you have Giannis, you have Middleton, I think Lopez is in there as well for the Bucs. So obviously they're big boys, they're starters. And the Nets start it, and then Durant does come in, and he helps aid the O of 7 from the field to start the second quarter. And and that's really how the lead dwindles, and then you kind of get into a dogfight here. There's another big run later in this game in the fourth quarter as well, from the third quarter to the fourth quarter, uh, that really gives me the, the impression, at least, when you're watching it in real time, that there was a very delicate balance here in this one as far as keeping yourselves in it and close enough, which they were by the end of this. Uh, but when you look at the at the stat lines here, there's some guys that had nice games. But again, while we're waiting for Harden to get back, uh, Kyrie Irving has another inconsistent game up and down. He has a couple of nice plays down the stretch here that really help to pull it closer. Uh, one even involving, and we're gonna we're gonna go non-traditional as when Doug and I maybe do this because there's some other things beyond this game in particular that I want to get into. But the closing sequences of this one, when he's in under the basket, Kyrie Irving, that that is, and is able to body off Giannis and get his little up and under to go, that's a beautiful one. He bangs a triple from the outside late in the fourth quarter as well. But overall, two of eight from beyond the arc and just eight of 21 from the field. It was, it was a rough performance. And even inside of that, he still finished with seven rebounds, six of six and 20 points. But, but the rhythm just didn't seem there for him, unlike Kevin Durant, who was getting it any which way that he wanted it. As I said, another 42-point performance for him, which certainly was impressive. But, you know, you get down these final sequences. There, there's a, Even Joe Harris, he has a on a breakaway play after he had had a nice bucket the following uh, down the defensive end. They break it up. They get a turnover, and Harris is looking to dish it out to the wing on the left side. Durant is streaking on the right. He overleads. I think it may have been Shamit going, and you know throws it out of bounds, gets away from him. Durant's a little bit upset there. Durant's kicking himself for missing a triple in one of these late sequences too, and then ultimately it came down to Three and a half seconds. They played the defense straight up at the end of this one. Uh, Kyrie Irving pokes the ball away, nearly got the steal, ends up being a chuck, goes off, timeout. 
They run the sequence. There's a good, decent look, we'll say, uh, for Kevin Durant, though, deep as it was. And uh, it doesn't go down, and the Nets fall 114 to 117 to Milwaukee. But again, you know, inside of a game, it's just so hard. You want to call this a playoff preview, potentially matchup, Eastern Conference Finals, depending on how things shake out. We know the 76ers are going to be a big part of what goes on in these playoffs. But, but it's hard to look at these games without James Harden on the court and get a real sense of what you're seeing, and especially against a team like Milwaukee, because they have so much length at a number of positions, because they have a big in Brook Lopez that can both protect the rim and also stretch out the defense beyond the arc with his perimeter shooting. It just, this is the type of game that on paper, when you're not at full strength, the size and length almost feels like, then yes, Milwaukee should be able to get these games. In some ways, the fact that it went all the way down to the final buzzer is almost a positive for the Brooklyn Nets. Because if you give me James Harden in this game, and also if you give me a game, pick any, almost any of throughout the season of Kyrie Irving, this may, you know, from a shooting perspective, may have been one of his worst performances. And we're going to dip into that a little bit as well. But if he has his, one of his more regular performances, one of regular nights, right? And if you get, by the way, a Joe Harris night where he went 2-7 of seven and 1-5 of five from beyond the arc and just wasn't really a part of the action. And actually, Matt Brooks mentioned over on Twitter during or after this game, the player that's really missed James Harden's presence has been Joe Harris because they had a real chemistry and they were feeding off each other. And there's a difference between James Harden when he has the ball in his hands versus when Kyrie does, or even when Kevin Durant does, right? And we've we've talked so much about the different skill sets for each one of these superstars and how it can impact some of the other role players. Harris has certainly taken a hit there as well. So even inside of that 42-point performance for Durant, you didn't get it anywhere else. I mean, you want to say you want to say Shamit coming off the bench and four or seven from deep, certainly ran into a number of triples, obviously 17 points on the night, but just put Harden out there on the floor and tell me that it doesn't create the different spacing and the different look and the different things that the defense is going to have to adjust and account for in order to still have those runs, right? The 0 of 7 run that the Nets go on to start the second quarter where primarily Durant and Irving are both off the court. Well, Harden's on the court for that one. And then Harris is probably on the court with him. And how do those th- and how do those look a little bit different? And that being said too, Milwaukee is a strong defensive team as we know. So it's it shouldn't be unexpected that you're going to hit these lows at certain points throughout it. But 22 points in the second quarter alone, that's not going to cut it outscored by 12 in that one. So it was just, hey, it happens. I'm not going to overreact to it. I think Doug and I have said a number of times here, there's not much for us to overreact to here before we get into the playoffs, but it is about looking at a couple of sequences and understanding what we maybe want to anticipate especially on the offensive end and some of the looks we may get from teams like Milwaukee, the 76ers, when it gets into the playoff basketball. All right, I want to get into a little bit of a look here away from this game and talk about Kyrie Irving and his shooting performance and whether or not there's anything to be concerned about or something we maybe want to adjust before we hit the playoff stretch. But first... Got to tell you about our friends over at Indeed.com. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. 
and by which they mean post, screen, and interview, all on Indeed. You get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster and only pay for candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting and hiring the right talent fast and easy. And listen, in a time when we're, we're all remote and in all these different locations, you want to be able to do this as smoothly as possible. Indeed makes that all possible. With the tools on uh, Indeed, like the Indeed Instant Match, it gives you quality candidates whose resumes fit your job description immediately and the Indeed skills test that on average reduce hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests, then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applications that meet the requirements you set. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need to be using Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com locked. That's a $75 credit at Indeed.com locked. Indeed.com locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so away from this game, they're going to see him again. I have some curiosities about what they may choose to do in game number two because as we know, again, playoff opponents, how much are you looking to show, not show? What are you trying to to, to gain from these couple of games against one another on, on both sides really here and, and maybe gleam something you can apply towards a playoff matchup? And then you also take a step back for both sides and say, if we have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden, we're going to put them out there and we're going to try to beat you because we're better. And if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, we're going to put out Giannis and Middleton and, you know, you want to say Brooks or you want to say Drew Holiday. We're going to put out our cast of characters and hope that we're going to be better. But the one thing that uh, the one reason that I think it becomes pretty important here that we get hardened back and fully healthy and ready for the playoff run is taking a look at Kyrie Irving's numbers. He's had a fantastic season. We know that. He's done a fantastic job as Harden went down and Kevin Durant was still working back of really carrying this team for a number of games. But when you go inside his numbers, it's just there's there's a couple elements here that that you can really lean this on if you want to. But what I really thought I say concerning is probably not the right word. But he has a bad shooting night in this one, 38% from the field. And we know, 2 of 8 from beyond the arc. You go back to the game against Portland. And by the way, this back-to-back loss is their first back-to-back losses going back to 4-10 and 4-14 against the Lakers and the 76ers. Prior to that, they hadn't lost back-to-back games all the way back to February 5th and 9th uh, with the uh, Toronto Raptors and Detroit Pistons. So, something to think about. Mostly positive. The, the game now, you go back and said the Portland game, 46% from the field. Again, 2 of 8, 28 points. Nice game for him. Only 3 assists in that particular one. But then he's got a 23% from the field against Toronto and 2 games prior with a really strong performance against Phoenix where he shot almost 53% and 5 of 7 from, from beyond the arc. A 20% from the field, 4 of 19, this is against Boston, and 0 of 6 from beyond the arc. Now, the one piece, and shout out to our uh, our good friend and frequent flyer on our locker room sessions, which, and if you're not a part of it, go around locker room, you get yourself a, a, an account on there, and then look for us this week, because we'll be right back on there, Doug Norton and myself, doing our locker room session on one of the post games. But our, our, our good friend over there, Hassan, 
who uh, practices Ramadan, is a practicing Muslim, and partakes in Ramadan, which is a month-long fasting that'll be coming to an end here in about another week, I believe. So Kyrie Irving also is practicing, and that means fasting from sunup to sundown. So on the one hand, you combine it with not having James Harden and then Kevin Durant just getting back from his little stint on the injuries, and he's also going through Kyrie Irving, that is, this this fasting period while also performing high athletics. I think you can, you know, kind of put these clunkers up and down and just say, yeah, listen, it's going to happen. But I think one of the things that 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 I get concerned about and a reason why I want to see Harden back sooner than later and healthy, obviously, for the playoff run is just that when Kyrie Irving won, either gets a little bit burnout because you can look and say 37 minutes in the game against Milwaukee, 33, two games against Toronto and Phoenix at 35 minutes. I mean, he's played a lot of minutes in most games, by the way. He's only played sub-30 in the one game against the Lakers. Beyond that, it's been all 35-plus minutes. But I also think that as he gets a little bit run down and he gets a little bit tired, even inside of individual games, he tries to pick his spots. And I thought he was pretty selective. You know, the fact that he had 21 attempts in this game is maybe a handful more than you needed, especially with the way Kevin Durant seemed to be unstoppable in this one. And and maybe you want to lean into some of the supporting cast, but he tries to pick his spots. He does hit a couple of big shots down, down the stretch to help make this one a close game again. But I'd like to see him lean even more heavily into the assist category, right? Seven rebounds, six assists. I want to see him lean even further into the facilitator role that I think he really can be so well suited for because we know the attention is going to be on him from the defensive side. And when you go back to a performance like 3 of 13 against Toronto on the 27th of last month, again, four assists in that game. So when, when your shot isn't happening, how can you still have a positive impact on the game? Now, this is something that we've seen from Harden, I think, a lot more and a lot more consistently throughout the season, where even when he hasn't had great shooting nights, especially when he first came onto the Nets, it was almost like he didn't want to score at all and exclusively wanted to be facilitating. But the big performances, like against Boston, 4 of 19, but gave you 11 assists and 9 rebounds, right, with 4 steals as well. Like, Kyrie Irving can impact the game in so many different ways. And yes, the scoring is always going to be first on that list. But I just want to make sure that the mentality that we've seen from him throughout the course of this year, especially when Harden's been on the floor with him, where he established, you know, diverting to Harden as the point guard, I want to make sure that mentality carries over into the playoffs. And I just wonder, in the absence of Harden and now with KD on the floor, how does that balance look where it's more score for score as opposed to what's the best collection of of, uh, pieces here and how should I best be using my skill set to get us a win? And and listen, in a game where where you shot like Kyrie did and you only lost by three points, maybe it's neither here nor there, but do you always want to be looking for 42 from KD on nights like that? I lean it in a couple of categories, though. Hopefully, it's just a combination of Ramadan, and maybe that is wearing him down a little bit, and then and then cumulative kind of you know tread on the tires here when Harden's been out, and then KD as well. The benefit, though, as I think was highlighted on the broadcast tonight, even or maybe it was Steve Nash in, in the pregame or postgame uh, comments. What's nice for the Brooklyn Nets is because of the playing games that are going to happen. Obviously, the Nets aren't going to be a part of that. They're going to get a week off from the end of the season to the start of the playoffs. So they're actually still going to get a nice little cushion here, which will be good from a rest standpoint. Then the other concern is the ramp-up 
for players that maybe aren't going to be able to get on the court here before the end of the season. Obviously, James Harden, and then you can even throw in a Nicholas Claxton if you want to as well. So, And by the way, when you look over these last handful of games and you talk about the shooting performance from Kyrie Irving, and I'm not, listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to beat the guy up here. I just, I want, I worry about balance. That That's really all that this comes down to. The 23% from the field against Toronto, the 21% against Boston, the 31%, a handful of games prior against Miami. Uh, you know, now two out of those three games were wins, so you can take that for what it's worth. And even tonight, 38%, it was in a loss, but that's not exactly the worst performance in the world. But those handful of games, those handful of shooting performances are among the worst that he's had all season and the reason why you can say that is because most of the season he's been absolutely phenomenal across the board and as I roll through these you know I have to go back sub 35 percent shooting performances from Kyrie Irving after you get outside of that Miami game back on 418 I'm not gonna just I'm in real time here 35% 35% last time they played Miami, by the way, on January 25th. That's 35%. He hasn't been below 35% shooting performances this entire year, essentially. So the fact that over these last handful, you've seen those dips, again, I want to account it for what he's experiencing while respecting his, you know, his personal beliefs. Not me respecting him. He's respecting his personal beliefs and fasting over the course of this month. And maybe that's taking a bit of a toll. And then the fact that they, they are still waiting to get themselves fully healthy. So I'm going to call it a blip, not a trend. And I want to see everybody get that little bit of extra rest. And I wonder what's going to happen here in the follow-up game against Milwaukee in the last handful as we get to the end of the season. And if they try to find a little bit of pockets of rest here for Kyrie because when Ramadan ends, I believe on the 12th or 13th, then he will get that little bit of time to probably really recharge his batteries before the playoff push will begin. All right, I want to get into a handful of sequences that I took away from this game on both ends of the floor for Brooklyn and things that we can maybe, again, think about how Milwaukee presents a difficult matchup for them and then touch on the guys that were not on the floor tonight and whether or not They can have an impact in the short term, as in the very next game when they'll play Milwaukee, and then big picture in the playoffs. But before we do, need to remind everybody out there about our friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. As we know, baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action right at BetOnline. This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL draft just wrapped up. So hopefully you were able to maybe put in some bets. Who was going to go where? I'm a Giants guy. You could have put money on and probably would have been wrong. Quiddy Pay or one of the offensive linemen. And if you were lucky enough, you went for, of course, Kadarius Tony after a trade down. The money must have been through the roof on that kind of action. You just missed the Kentucky Derby as well. So hopefully you're getting in on the action, of course, on Bet Online. You get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs including MLB, NBA, NHL and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, my friends. As this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head over to the website or use that mobile device. It's the cell phone. It's in your hand, your pocket. You're on it all day long. Get over to betonline.ag and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. 
and also got to remind everybody about something that needs no reminder, and that's Bilt Bar. We all know it. We've told you the stories. Doug Norrie has told you what goes on inside of our DMs over on Twitter amongst the Locked On Network hosts. We're just debating, and we had a whole madness bracket about what the best bar was. People are, I mean, listen, it gets ugly at times. And that's because they have delicious flavors like the 12 original, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, my personal favorite, banana bread. And if you're a guy like me or gal who has a gluten allergy, a lot of these bars are gluten-free as well. So you got a ton of options so that you can still enjoy yourself, not have that weird, awkward protein bar texture and odd flavor. No, 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 no. These are all delicious all the way through. And the six new flavors, like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia for you deadheads, and lemon almond cheesecake. Let me give you a little hit here. Think about something like peanut butter. You got 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. That's the kind of delicious protein bar you can sink your teeth into. There's a free cooler with purchase while supplies last, and this will be available for you over at BuiltBar.com where you use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Okay, so as I say, the players that were available tonight, and specifically Nicholas Claxton, but did not actually play in this one, And then also a player that was available and did play in DeAndre Jordan. So there's a couple of sequences that, and then these were, you saw this multiple times throughout. But one of the things that I think Milwaukee's defense and length really does lend itself to, especially when defending, say, a Kevin Durant, is you can have, now you saw P.J. Tucker got put on at points, obviously Middleton, Giannis picked him up a handful of times, and Durant was wildly successful. But there were stretches where when Giannis meets him out near the top of the key and Kevin Durant drives left on him, the, the ability to pass off the defensive responsibility, and you, you could take this off of even you know just Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Harden when he's out there, right? The ability to pass off a defensive responsibility into the lane to another player with size and length is is something is a luxury that Milwaukee is afforded that a lot of teams aren't because they just you flat out don't have these type of players at all these key positions and sometimes when you have the length you don't necessarily have the same defensive ability that you have in Middleton that you have in Giannis. So I really thought and again 42 points for Kevin Durant. But I really thought that watching the way that, that, that they were able to work those switches is something that if Harden is there, it opens things up in a different way, and the Nets probably play more outside in at stretches, and that'll be useful for them in a playoff matchup potentially against a team like this. But in this game, when you don't have James Harden, now you need to do more driving, more penetrating. And I wonder if, as we saw in this game, the Nets will go away from the DeAndre Jordan rotation minutes. Because DeAndre Jordan played 24 minutes in this one. He was 4-7, gave you 11 rebounds. We, we know how this works, right? This is primarily a guy that can provide you with some misleading stat lines as favorable or, or unfavorable, right? But the expectation shouldn't be that high. But when he's out there on the floor, you know that he's a non-factor offensively unless we're talking about lobs. So when he's handling the ball at the top of the key, it means that all of this length that Milwaukee has 
can condense and can also be utilized out on the perimeter and the corners really specifically. So if Giannis is going to sag a little bit off of Kevin Durant, if he happens to be on him or he's playing at the five in this situation and the Nets have gone small with even Jeff Green, let's say, right? So when it when it's DeAndre Jordan, He's a non-factor from the perimeter. I can sag back into the paint, and I can use my length and my quickness to get over and close out on perimeter shooters. I can also then be there for Kevin Durant if he attacks in at the lane, and really, you clog and congest that spacing on the floor. It makes it more difficult for the Nets to kind of run their offense. If DeAndre Jordan is off the floor, and then you have, say, a Jeff Green, now the Nets are maybe going to be more perimeter-heavy in how they approach things, but again... The, the strength, the switchability, and the length that these players have for Milwaukee does make it possible to frustrate and contest a lot of these looks from the outside. Specifically, now we can say, is it rest? Is it fatigue? Is it all these things? But Kyrie Irving has a bit of an off night here. And if you think about the fact that the Nets, uh, sorry, the, the Bucks specifically went out and picked up a guy like Drew Holiday to be that player on the defensive end. Picking your poison is going to be a lot harder when you have the third superstar out there. But I do think that Milwaukee has the guards that can be either you know locked down for stretches and then also just frustrating and aggravating at times for, for the guards of Brooklyn. And then even P.J. Tucker, who, you know, at the end of the day, what did he go with? He gave you 23 minutes, and obviously all of his work is going to be on the defensive end. Only had one steal in this. But, but a pest, a nuisance, right? You saw you saw a coming on an inbounds play where he's essentially just chesting into Durant, chesting into Durant, and Durant's using a bit of that wrestling, like you know, bringing the head down, putting his forward into the chest of PJ Tucker. Like they've got the they got the the pests now on this roster that are going to be able to irritate Kevin Durant, irritate Kyrie, irritate Harden. And it doesn't have to be Middleton or Giannis necessarily. They've got other guys to do that now. And then you throw in the rim protection uh, from Brooke Lopez, and it certainly makes things interesting. Brooke, who, by the way, uh, had some very close looks, uh, close out the half, missed a kind of point-blank shot in this one. Um, And on the back end of it, we saw a little bit of this chatter over there, some shade being thrown at, uh, at Brooke Lopez, and nothing but love for that guy. He's the the proverbial once a net, always a net. Love that guy. So if you're a Nets fan, you're out there talking trash on him, it's not going to be in in my favor anyway. You're not going to win any points with me. That being said, though, the other thing that I like, so we talk about offensively for the Brooklyn Nets and maybe where some of these frustrations could potentially come, on the defensive side of things, there's a particular player in Tyler Johnson who I thought did a nice job. This is a game, by the way, only played 12 minutes in it, uh, was 0 of, 0 of 4 from the field. But Tyler Johnson, you you can even put in Blake Griffin into this. He got to a spot a number of times, took some charges uh, in this one as well, like he's done all year, leads the league in charges taken. So that's something when you're heading to the playoffs, that's a really important asset to have. And obviously Blake is settling into this bench 18-minute in this game kind of role. And that's what you need, though. You need a guy that has all the experience and all of the ability who's also willing to lean into this very specific role that he's carved out for himself. So he showed those little hustle plays defensively. Tyler Johnson and the guards flashed out and ran some blitz double teams a couple of times to try to get the ball out of the hands of a Middleton and force it to to one of the second outlets and options. But at the end of the day, you saw the easy access in and around the paint for the for the Milwaukee Bucks, and you're just going to have to live with that. I think that a series like this is going to be predicated on the shooting for the Brooklyn Nets and just outscoring. I mean, that's maybe that's all series, but 
you may want to beat up and body against a player like Embiid. That's not really what Giannis is. You know, you're not worried about him bringing it down to the paint on you. And if anything, this one where he went four of eight from beyond the arc, not his forte, and yet he was firing on all cylinders in that regard that he gave you 49, you throw in the 26 from Middleton, and, and away we go. The last little thing I'm curious about is Nicholas Claxton, though. And I'm, I'll get on with Doug here in this next episode, and we'll talk about it with him. Because I know we've said we don't think we're going to see a lot of Nicholas Claxton. He's only played a half a season of games so far in his career, essentially, just about 40. But he has the length and defensive versatility to be able to be on the floor and work these switches. So even when the Nets leaned into that small ball lineup with essentially either Jeff Green or, or Kevin Durant at five, one of the two, if you have Claxton to throw out there for a handful of possessions, and I'm specifically thinking maybe against a player like Middleton, because I think Giannis has the size and strength there to overpower a Nicholas Claxton, but he can probably stick with Middleton. He can defend him out to the perimeter. That's a matchup that I actually think you would want to utilize Nicholas Claxton in, even in a playoff game, maybe in big minutes. The question really just becomes if the Nets philosophically are going to be overly concerned about trying to lock up any of these players for a possession or two, as opposed to living with the results defensively and then trying to outshoot them, outscore them, outrun them on the offensive end. But but the DeAndre Jordan piece of this, somebody's going to have to be there. If it's Blake Griffin and he has this role at the four or five-ish and so does Jeff Green, I, I still keep Claxton, Claxton. Claxton. It's in the back of my mind. I don't know if it's going to come to, for, to fruition or not. I'm sure Doug may shoot this one down, but that, listen, that's why I get on the solo podcast so I can throw out this idea, let it marinate with the fan base, and hopefully we get a groundswell before we come back on again. All right, the way that you can help the podcast, as always, is to follow it. Give us a five-star review, if you please. We always appreciate it. Speak glowingly about Doug Norrie. Tell him he's a beautiful man. He loves that sort of stuff. And of course, follow us on Twitter at LockedOnNets. You can also follow at Doug Norrie. You can follow at Adam Armbrecht. We are living, breathing, and talking all things Brooklyn Nets basketball. And as things wind down here in this season and expectations ramp up for the Brooklyn Nets in the playoffs, things certainly have changed around here. I remember when this was all farmland as far as the eye could see. Old man Peabody owned all this. He had this crazy idea about Breeding pine trees. Dr. Emmett Brown, one of the all-time great American poets. We will, both Doug Norrie and myself, be back again soon talking all things Brooklyn Nets. <laughs>